0: welcome everyone to monday match analysis i'm gil gross and it is time for the atp pre-season top 10 prediction heading into 2021 i'm always slightly terrified to do this because it's hard because it feels like i'm trying to pick the the winning lottery numbers but in 11 months time we will revisit this and see just how Horribly wrong I was, and I actually did pretty well last year, so hopefully that can continue. The reason this is fun, the reason I think this is a a good exercise is it does give me a chance to kind of go over some of the more intriguing storylines that I'm looking forward to seeing this season, and it's also just a good barometer of uh, who is going to surpass expectations this year and who is going to fall short of them. But it's really interesting. I want to start with a bit of a bold prediction, which is that no one in the current top eight will drop out of the top eight. That is statistically incredibly improbable. And at some point in time, if there's a chance of it happening, I'll go back and I'll see when's the last time that's happened. There's no way. There's a chance it's never happened. But you can look through the top eight. No one's going backwards. And if someone's going backwards, the best argument you have is Djokovic, Nadal, or Federer. That's the best argument you have. Are any of the big three dropping out of the top eight? I'm certainly not going to predict that. So we have an incredible wealth of talent in the top eight right now. And I'm really looking forward to watching that play out within the top eight. You have the big three trying to fend off the younger generation a little bit longer. And how long can they do it is the question. And then you have a group of players, Dominic team a little bit older, a little bit better. But then under team, you have a group of players who are all vying for that breakthrough. And it's so intriguing. And it's such a difficult question to answer who's going to be that player? Between Daniil Medvedev and Andre Rublev and Stefano Tsitsipas and Alexander Zverev. Who is going to deliver the goods in 2021 out of that group of players? This video, this show gives me a chance to at least uh, attempt a, a prediction when it comes to answering that question. I also want to state before I get started that a previous version of this video misstated the adjustments that will be uh, made to the ranking system in 2021. Currently, we are on a um, an 18-month ranking system, or excuse me, a 21-month ranking system. That will be altered to a 24-month ranking system. Which brings us to March 1st. So what that means is all rankings points from last year are protected until March 1st. The result of that is going to be there's there's going to be less movement. It's going to be hard for players to climb the rankings because players already kind of have a lot of rankings points often compiled that they won't even have to defend. So it'll be easier to retain rankings points, at least in the beginning of 2021. Who knows how much longer these points are going to be protected, but that is going to affect things. For example, Roger Federer not playing the Australian Open in 2021. His semifinal points from last year will not come off. So that's just kind of an example of, of how you'll get less movement because in the case of Federer, he won't lose any points. Before I begin this top 10 prediction, I do want to give a shout out to a couple of players who do not make my top 10. But players who I had to consider with, uh, with a lot of thought. Um, and play- players who are close, in my mind. And I want to start with two players who are currently in the top 10. First of all, Diego Schwartzman. Diego Schwartzman played unbelievable tennis in 2020, and if he brings that level to this upcoming season, I do not think that the players behind him will make up any ground or catch up to him because I was really impressed with what Diego Schwartzman brought to the tennis court, especially post-hiatus, playing some of the best baseline tennis around, and despite his underpowered serve, if he's going to be one of the best returners in the top three returners in tennis— It's going to take him pretty far, just like it did a season ago. But if you look at the entire sample size of his career, um, my concern is that some of the tennis we saw in 2020 will be an outlier. That's why I bumped Diego Schwartzman out of the top 10. In the case of Matteo Berrettini, I think that there are players behind him who are a little bit more talented than him at this stage. So I also bumped Matteo Berrettini out of the top 10. I did consider uh, Milos Raonic, who showed resurgent tennis for portions of last year, a player whose health has gotten in the way of his level more than anything else, and someone who's looking a lot healthier. And when he's healthy, he's so dangerous. He also brings a play style that often ages like fine wine, the low-margin, big-serving player Will often be able to play at an extremely high level into their mid thirties. You look at uh, Ivo Karlovic played, won a match yesterday, and, and he's in his forties. But John Isner has played some of his best tennis into his mid thirties. Kevin Anderson has had success in his thirties. So I am looking at Milos Raonic as a player who could uh, who could possibly break into the top ten as well. Those are all. Those are three players who I considered who got very, very close. Um, I'm also intrigued by Grigor Dimitrov, who is in his prime um, and I think is still learning things at this stage in his career. And we've seen that with his athleticism and his explosiveness, he's he's really shored up his serve as his shoulder has gotten healthier. Short, uh, Dimitrov is also someone who could possibly make some noise. I thought that last year... COVID 19, he's one of the players who who was really hampered by by the virus. When he contracted it, it took him a long time to recover. And that had an effect on his results, no doubt. Let us begin the top 10 at this time, beginning with the number 10 spot, of course. And that will go to a promising young phenom Italian Yannick Sinner, currently 19 years of age, sitting in At 36 in the rankings, I have him making that 24-stop spot jump into the top 10. His talent is generational. The power, the cleanliness of the ball striking off both wings, the backhand, a place where you can really separate yourself in men's tennis because a lot of players have a forehand that they can... Be deadly with and and do tons of damage with with the modern forehand and the the modern string technology. So many guys have a forehand, but Yannick Sinner can hurt you from anywhere on the court, off of both wings. His movement is getting better and better. I really like the way he's getting stronger in the legs, and you see him, um, you see him playing better out of the corners, on the run. Ye- uh, not I, I don't want to say year after year, it's really month after month. His development has been so rapid, I don't see anything getting in Yannick Sinner's way, especially because I it seems like he's got a great head on his shoulders, a certain sense of calm, a certain poise that he brings to the tennis court wise beyond his years. And Yannick Sinner, I have breaking into the top 10. Coming in at number nine is Dennis Shapovalov. When I did my top 10 prediction last year, a lot of people said, where is Chapo? Where is Chapo?" And I didn't think he was ready yet. And I was correct. But this year, I think Shapovalov finally converts his unbelievable firepower into some victories. Not that I think Dennis is ready to be a consistent player on tour. To me, he's clearly not. He needs to work on his temperament. He needs to rein in the double faults. And his shot selection needs to be more consistent. However... I think with his firepower, and with his vastly improved footwork and movement, which is going to improve his baseline consistency, I do believe that Denis Shapovalov is ready to make some explosive runs at certain points in the calendar in 2021. I think Denis is going to be a player where there's going to be some tournaments where you know he's hot, and he's going to be very, very difficult To stop, just like he was at last year's US Open. Coming in at number eight, I have Alexander Zverev. For two straight seasons now, Zverev has finished at number seven. And for the most part, I just feel like Zverev is treading water, running in place. Not that he isn't showing flashes. And it is true that his results in majors have been better. He made the Australian Open semifinal. He made the U.S. Open final. Although I wasn't overly impressed with his actual level of play in that U.S. Open. Uh, despite, I know, that's crazy. He was one set away from lifting the trophy. But, you know, the, the level was uh, not consistent. Sometimes pretty low when uh, when his nerves got the best of him. But my issue with Zverev remains his trajectory, his rate of improvement. I know what he can do when he finds the right balance of defense and offense, when he's hitting out on his forehand like he did in the latter half of 2020 to great effect so well when David Ferrer joined his team. Zverev is so difficult to beat, but the same issues have persisted Throughout the years, stagnation of his weaknesses, such as his second serve, and inconsistent focus. David Ferrer will not coach him in 2021. I was hoping that that relationship should last, and while there's no indication that Zverev did anything wrong that got in the way of that relationship, it is still yet another coaching relationship that is not that did not last a very long time with Alexander Zverev joining the ranks of Ivan Lendl and Juan Carlos Ferrero. David Ferrero is off the Zverev team, and that's just not the kind of thing that I'm looking for if I'm going to project. Vast improvement for Alexander Zverev. At number 7, moving up one spot in the ranking, I have the most improved player, the player who took 2020 by storm. That is Andre Rublev. And the reason I'm supremely confident in saying that Rublev was no fluke and that Rublev is going to actually go up in the rankings in the season of uh, 2021 is because I'm so impressed with his focus and his consistency. This man takes the court with a a level of competitiveness that is extremely admirable that I compare to Rafael Nadal. He cares about every single point. He practices extremely hard. He works extremely hard. And he's got a great base to his game. His, His forehand off the ground, his backhand, they are both deadly weapons. They are both examples of high-margin aggression at the highest order. So I am very confident in Andre Rublev. With that being said, I do think that there will be some frustrating losses for Rublev in 2021. He needs more repetition. He needs more match experience against the elite of the elite. Because what we saw is that Rublev doesn't yet have an all-around game that he's able to deploy... Um, his game is not well rounded enough to beat the very best. I'm talking about the 0.1 percent of men's tennis on a consistent basis. So I believe that this is a learning year for Andre Rublev. He's arrived. He's gonna be in the top ten. He's gonna be in the mix. But I'm anticipating some tough losses for Rublev as he starts to figure out just how to beat the very best. Coming in at number six is Roger Federer. Look, Federer is going to probably not play a lot of tournaments, so he is someone who benefits tremendously from the protected rankings points. Tournaments like Miami, um, tournaments like the Australian Open, these are tournaments where, where Roger Federer has tons of points that he'll be able to retain. It's all about health for Roger. How well is he going to move? That's That's pretty much it. And how many tournaments is he able to play? But one of the keys for Federer is the clay court season. Will those rankings points be protected? And will Roger Federer play the clay court season? Math is probably not going to be on his side. And I predict some inconsistency from from Federer in 2021. I don't think that we will have a repeat of 2017. With that being said, he should be competitive and... It's really hard to predict these things, but I do think that he's going to be very competitive at a select few tournaments um, in this upcoming season. So it's really hard to know what to to predict when it comes to Roger Federer. But I have him moving down one ranking spot. Coming off of surgery, I think that that is a pretty safe projection. At number five, I have Daniil Medvedev. The key for Medvedev in this upcoming season is can he improve his surface versatility? Because you can look at all of the big tournaments on the ATP Tour. If it's a fast court, if it's a low-bouncing court, besides Wimbledon, Daniil Medvedev likely has a great result. In fact, if you take all of the tournaments that occur after Wimbledon, which are all hardcore events, many of them indoors, Daniil Medvedev either has won those tournaments or has made the final of those tournaments. Because remember, he made the run of six straight finals in 2019. And then in 2020, at the tail end of the year, he won Paris and then he won the ATP finals. So there is so many points for him to defend in August and beyond. Medvedev can't possibly keep that pace up. The question is, will he start to do better at the tournaments that don't suit him in the conditions that don't suit him? The slower, the more high bouncing conditions. And my read on this is no, not quite. I still think that the limit, that the reason that he struggled on the slower, high bouncing surfaces is limitation of certain skills and certain weaknesses that are brought out more and strengths that are diminished, such as his first serve. Um, and I think the only way for Daniil Medvedev to fully overcome those limitations is if he gets physically stronger. And I'm not really confident that that's going to happen. As a result, I still think that Medvedev is going to be a somewhat conditions-dependent contender. Therefore, um, I don't know that, that he's going to improve vastly from what we saw in 2020, especially because he really has done great at the tournaments where he's had it, uh, on his favorite surfaces medvedev's done great the key is going to be wimbledon he's only defending round 3 points at wimbledon uh excuse me round 1 a round 1 exit in 2019 um no, I'm looking at the wrong thing. It is round three. I was correct the first time. That's going to be a key tournament for Medvedev. And I think of all of the younger players, including Dominic Team, Medvedev should have the best game for grass. It's just a question of how comfortable can he get on the surface because his skill set is great for grass. Moving along up to number four, I have the Greek god himself, Stefanos Tsitsipas. The improvements that Tsitsipas needs to make are very, very clear. He needs to play better in bigger moments. He needs to rise to the occasion. He needs to manage matches better. He needs to improve his discipline and pace himself a little bit better over the course of the season. To me, it's all things that are going to suddenly click. And I don't know if we saw it click at Roland Garros last year when he made the semifinal run and then put together a... Uh, a pretty admirable performance against Novak Djokovic. But at some point, point or another, I expect that Tsitsipas will finally start to make the best of his skills on the court, which is a world-class forehand. Unbelievable court coverage, which, you know, he's not the most skilled defensively, but his court coverage kind of makes up for it. A great transition game, finishes at the net, and there's untapped potential in that serve. That I think at some point he's going to unlock. I just don't think he has ever served as well as he could. And at some point, I think the mental game is just going to click. He's going to start to feel more comfortable in his own skin on the court. And he's going to be match tougher. And he's going to start serving better. Those are the two improvements I'm looking for. He's already gotten so strong, which has really remedied the weakness that used to be his backhand. So... Obviously, there's uh, room for improvement on the return as well. That, I'm not holding my breath. I think that's still a, a long way out. But ultimately, I think Sitsipas is going to do much better at the majors next season. If you look at what he's done at the majors, round one exit at Wimbledon in 19. Round three at the U.S. Open this year. Remember, that was a heartbreaker to Borna Cioric. And round three at the Australian Open as well. A tough draw against Milos Raonic, a big server who gives him trouble. Um, There's no way. There's no way that that Tsitsipas is not going to improve upon that. He is just too good. So I have Stefanos as really kind of my breakout guy. And I think Medvedev has a better head on his shoulders right now. And he's more ready to, to get the best out of what he has. But I think Tsitsipas has a little bit more. I think he's got more firepower. I think at his best, he is tougher to deal with, especially for the Novak Djokovic-Dominic team, Rafael Nadal's of the world. What order are those three players going to be in my top three? Rafael Nadal comes in at number three, and at age 34, he still isn't showing many signs of slowing down, especially on clay, where he won another Roland Garros in dominant fashion, straight sets in the final ...over Novak Djokovic, encouraging signs, which means I'm not really going to project any kind of decline for Rafael Nadal in 2021. However the number of players who can compete with him on hard court, the list of those players is growing longer and longer and longer. And when you look at the the hardcourt heavy schedule that the ATP season is, I do think that you might see a dip in production from Nadal when it comes to his uh, hardcourt tournaments outside of majors. For that reason... I have him at number 3 and I think, you know, there there are three players who are clearly the the main three contenders. That's why I have Nadal at number 3. But at the end of the day, it's all about the four majors. And if Nadal can perform at the majors, he's going to be happy with his season. I don't really see any reason why he can't have another successful season. Hold serve, defend his home court at the French, that would give him 14, which uh it's wild because that's how many majors Pete Sampras had. Um so that's crazy. But uh, I also think that Wimbledon is a big key for him because he's played very well, shown some good signs at Wimbledon the last two years, and that's a tournament where once again you think that there aren't that many contenders in front of him. You know, maybe you favor Novak Djokovic, but when it comes to Dominic Team, that's his weakest surface. Roger Federer, what will he? Ha- what will his health be like? Wimbledon's a big chance for Nadal. That's going to be a key. At number two, I have Dominic Team. Man, uh, he continues to just make the all the, the steps that he needs to make to become an elite player. And that's where he's at now. Dominic Team at this point in time is a threat to win any tournament on any surface. He's a threat to beat any player on any surface. It is his dominant explosive athleticism, which which gives him the ability to unleash Unbelievable amounts of power off of both wings. Combine that with tremendous mobility and court coverage, and a pretty big serve as well. Team is a total problem when he is on his A plus game. A total problem, in fact. And and this was my take in twenty twenty. It'll it'll continue into twenty twenty one. I believe that when Dominic Team is at his very best, his A plus game. Which isn't always easy to access, but when he's there, he is the best player in the world. It's just how often can he get there, and can he improve the return? If the return gets better, then I think Dominic Team does have a chance to finish 2021 at number one. But my money is on Novak Djokovic. He's got a 3,000-point cushion in front of Dominic Team, and I do think that he fends off the Austrian and finishes yet another year At Number one, the big question for Novak Djokovic is, are we going to see the level that we saw from him pre 2020 tour hiatus when he was undefeated, when he looked nearly unbeatable? Or are we going to see the version of Novak Djokovic that we saw post hiatus who looked beatable, more vulnerable? And I thought that the number one area where Djokovic declined was in his shot tolerance, which I think comes from uh, fitness and I think mostly from fitness, but also just from uh, from motivation and willingness to suffer. But when it comes to to fitness, I did see kind of a dip in Novak Djokovic. And he needs to be at the peak of his fitness because of his play style. Because he doesn't really have the ability to shorten points in an effective way. We saw him try with the drop shots, but eh, it's not really going to be good enough. He needs to be willing to play long rallies, which means he needs to to show a little bit better... Uh, willingness to to stay in long rallies than he did at the end of the year uh, if he's going to be a dominant player. My bet is that Novak Djokovic returns to the level of fitness that we're used to seeing from him. Maybe not, but I think he will, and I think that all comes down to motivation, how much work he's putting off the court, and with the Tokyo Olympics back in sight, an event that I think he was so excited to play in 2020 until it was snatched away. And I think that took the wind out of his sails. With the Olympics back in sight, and coming off a year where he didn't make up any ground in the slam race like I'm sure he wanted to, I believe we get a motivated version of Novak Djokovic and the best version of Novak Djokovic another year at number one. There you have it. My preseason top 10 prediction for 2021. Please do remember that Monday Match Analysis is available on all podcast platforms. The links to the podcast version of this show is in the description. And it's a huge help if you leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Give me a little gift to begin 2021. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. And I will see you next time.